0: Are you an entrepreneur who has barely seen the light of day, slaving away, cold and alone at your laptop, brushing away tears of overwhelm and desperate? There must be a better way, a brighter way. There must be hope. Friend... You are invited to our first ever Dean Street Vacay. Join illustrious entrepreneur Hillary Rushford, the incomparable Dean Street Society team, and other entrepreneurs, creatives, founders, and freelancers for three days on the warm tropical beaches of Mexico. You know what's better than hearing how someone else survived their website crashing, got their Facebook ads to scale, or the one tweak that increased their profits? doing it while drinking something that has one of those little umbrella straws in it, and knowing this work trip is a tax write-off. But act now. Access is exclusively for those members of the Elegant Excellence 2020 Mastermind, and applications close soon at elegantexcellencemastermind.com. Don't settle for another conference in a hotel ballroom without windows and harsh overhead lighting. Fall asleep to the sound of crashing waves, and wake up to your dreams of making the world better with a thriving business in the new year and beyond. Side effects may include increased confidence, increased revenue, decreased loneliness, decreased overwhelm. Tears of joy are rare but may occur. Contact your best friend if you experience feelings of elation upon application. A non-scientific, totally made-up number, but pretty confident it's accurate, 98% of participants experienced more financial peace, business success, and personal growth. Join today for 40% off the previous rate at ElegantExcellenceMastermind.com. Because your dreams are worth it. And Mexico, not to mention everything else inside the program, is going to be really flipping amazing. We now return to your regularly scheduled programming. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hi Hillary. thank you for your tears and just your willingness to be vulnerable. A topic that I would be really interested in hearing more about from you is your faith. I've really appreciated your openness about your struggle with anxiety. And I found that a lot of my anxiety is connected to faith and my idea of who God is and what God wants for my life. I'd be super interested to hear if that's ever been a part of your anxiety. Thank you so much. You're super inspiring. And I've been really blessed by your work in your Instagram and your podcast. So thank you. Thank you. I love this question from Brooke because she asked about a topic that has been the theme of my 2019, the hardest lesson that I've learned from this year But I don't know that I would have thought to share it in a podcast episode if she hadn't asked it and in the way that she did. So in a roundabout way, here is my answer. The number one thing that I feel God has been teaching me this year is that I am not confident enough. We think of lack of confidence as someone who is highly insecure, maybe about the way they look or they're awkward at social events or not putting yourself out there to start a business or go on a date. And I present as someone who is quite confident and not just present, I actually am. My last career was in musical theater, one of the hardest industries in the hardest city in the world that took a lot of confidence to be willing to put myself in that situation. I launched a business requires a lot of confidence. When I was single, I dated all the time and had the confidence to keep putting myself out there knowing that I wanted a relationship. I survive in New York City, which in and of itself takes a lot of confidence to have moved here fresh out of college. I have the audacity to show up here each week and believe that I have something worthy of this time together and worthy of something to share, which is important to note because I want to encourage you to consider as you're listening today, if there are non-obvious ways in which you're not showing up confident enough in your life? There are plenty of things that I'm not good at and I don't, I lack confidence in, but it's not an issue. Um, What about the things that I'm pretty good at, but I'm actually not fully embracing just how good I could be? I think about some of my friends who they know they're good at their work. I would not say, oh, that, that person is lacking in confidence. You know what's really holding them back is confidence. But when I think about it through today's topic, I can see they don't fully own just how brilliant they are. I wonder if they were 10% more confident in their ability, what would they be able to accomplish in the year to come? If there's something that they know they're good at it, but they believe they're great at it, or they actually know they're pretty great at this, but they're like, I think I am exceptional. What could they do from that position? For myself, I came to realize that I was showing up in certain behavior because of a lack of confidence. And that lack of confidence for me was rooted in my faith, which is why when Brooke asked her question in the way that she did, I thought, wow, did she (laughs) hit the nail on the head there as to what I've been processing for myself behind the scenes this year? And I want to be clear when I say the word faith that you can believe a myriad of things and still find application in this for you. Nothing I'm sharing is exclusive to. Faith meaning one specific religion or spiritual belief. For me, in short, I think it is, do you believe that there is something outside of yourself? Do you believe in something outside of yourself? Whether that is a God who loves you, a higher power that the universe has your back, there are good forces and energy, or you believe that you have a purpose, a calling, a destiny. Basically, can you be confident in something beyond I work hard or I am deserving? I'll give you some examples of that throughout. But this awareness of lack of confidence, I think it started to show up for me around May of this year, but it didn't fully kind of punch me in the stomach until October. And as I share, I'm going to tell you with each instance three things that I took from it. A lesson that you can apply a way that I drew courage, and a faith thought that helped me. So this first showed up for me around friendship. And this could be a whole separate podcast, which we will come back to. But to touch on it briefly, the first instance or aha, number one, was I realized that I was allowing myself to be treated in friendships in a way that I wouldn't have allowed myself to be treated in dating or in work. And this thought alone we could talk about for this whole whole topic. I wonder if there is a way for those who, for example, I think for a lot of women in particular, it shows that the opposite. You are allowing yourself to be and da- treated in dating the way that you would not allow for it someplace else. You have more confidence in those other areas. But I realized, for example, that when, when someone would cancel on me multiple times, I would not have been cool with that with dating. I wouldn't have just continued going on dates with this person. I wouldn't be cool if there was someone who was on my team who just constantly didn't show up for meetings. But somehow I was allowing myself to feel a bit timid in saying, hey, friend, I'm not okay. That makes me feel disrespected. Um, I started to notice that I felt that I was, I started to be more in, pay more attention to whether or not relationships were really reciprocal. If I scrolled back through my texts with someone, was I always the one reaching out? Was I always asking questions? And they would answer my question, but they wouldn't ask any questions back. Again, if if that happened in dating, I would have noticed that instantly. But somehow I was afraid to say what I really wanted, which is ridiculous because these are people that I love and trust and I'm afraid to be honest with them. But some guy that I didn't know from Adam that I went on two dates with, I would put the boundary up with him. So why am I accepting this in friendship? And I realized it came back to some lack of confidence. It was some story of I'm asking too much or some fear that they're going to think I'm being needy instead of just I'm a grown woman and I'm asking for to be treated in the way that, that I feel is appropriate. It wasn't a lack of confidence in the broad topic of friendship such as, I'm afraid to say hello to people in social settings. Again, that's what we think of when we come at confidence. This to me was the much slighter, quieter, more insidious element of, I'm not really feeling safe or loved or honored in this friendship, and yet I'm not confident enough to be honest about that. So I had three conversations with three different people in my life. One of them went great. One of them went okay one of them went really bad <laughs> but i was proud of myself that i was willing to have that conversation even if i was afraid that i might not like the outcome meaning i might say this and they might say well that that is annoying or well that's all i can give or well i just want something different so i guess we're not a friend match you know i had to go into it knowing they weren't going to be like oh my gosh no way. I'm so sorry. I I didn't realize that. I thought in some of these, this conversation might not go well, but I already didn't like the outcome. So how could it be worse? So lesson number one to me is have the confidence to not sit in something bad when it's already bad. We're comfortable with our current discomfort. It feels familiar. And we've talked about this on the podcast before that We therefore tend to say, I'm afraid that there might be a new level of discomfort just because it's new, even if that's actually a healthier version of, well, that was a really heartbreaking conversation that that friendship kind of parted ways. But isn't that actually better than just telling yourself, oh, yeah, this, this friendship is great when you don't really mean it? In 2020, want something better for yourself. Have the confidence to be honest with yourself when you're not happy, because that is the first step. Then you have to have the courage to actually have the conversation. But I think a lot of times, because we're so afraid of having the conversation, we aren't even honest with ourselves. And I realized, actually, this has been going on for a while, but this was sort of my first confidence wake-up call of, oh, I need to be honest about this. And the first way that I drew courage was looking at how you would act in other areas of your life. It really was a light bulb moment for me when I realized I am way more confident when I was single and I was dating, or when it comes to my career. And that showed me the lack of confidence that I had when it came to friendships. So, where are you confident, and what would you not settle for there, or how would you act differently that you can carry over and utilize in another situation, or can open your eyes to? I'm not really showing up that confidently. I hadn't noticed that before. And the first faith thought I had that helped me is I am worthy, underline on worthy. I am worthy, in this case, of wonderful friends. It's do you have faith that there is fill in the blank in the universe, that, that you are worthy of love, companionship, community? Do you have faith that you're lovable? You know, for me... That does come back to saying, I believe in a God who is a good father and what parent wouldn't want healthy, supportive friends for their child. So I picture that God has my back, just like I wouldn't want my niece to settle for friends that weren't really true friends. For me, having that faith gave me the confidence to have those scary conversations because there was a belief of, if not this, then something better. I in settling for this, I'm saying this is all I am worthy of expecting. And it actually was an act of faith to say, you know what, I'm worthy of really loving, mutual, supportive relationships. And because I'm worthy of that, I have the faith that that exists, if not here. And maybe I need to take a step to clear, uh, you know, some space in my life for that to be true. Instance or aha number two is I mentioned that I had three conversations. One went great. One went okay, and one went really bad, which is a story for another day. But this person said some just absolutely horrible things, that if you told me someone said that to you, I would just be horrified on your behalf. Any human would be that someone they had called a dear friend would say this to them. But when it happened, I had this weird piece that while it was deeply traumatic that someone I trusted would do something so horrible... I actually didn't have to believe it to be true about myself. I was able to separate mourning the trauma without owning the words. And I hear from so many of you um, in my, based on various podcast episodes that I've done, so many of you have written with different stories of emotionally manipulative parents or romantic relationships. And It is so hard not to care what other people think, just like full sentence about anyone. But especially it is so hard not to believe that what someone says about us when they are someone who loves us well or knows us well or claims to love us isn't true. That actually the words they say are not about us and fully about them. So we talk about this more inside the Elegant Excellence Journal. I have an exercise called the wand. There's a whole video inside uh, a membership site for journal owners that will be so helpful for you if this is something that you want to be able to work on. But for me, lesson number two was to separate the disappointment in their behavior, separate the pain that comes from their behavior from the truth of their words or actions. You can be disappointed and hurt without having to believe that, what they said or implied was actually true. So I realized I wasn't being confident enough if I could hear someone say something crazy about me and believe that it was true. That, comp- that confidence was actually saying, okay, they took a neutral circumstance and they chose a horrible thought when they could have chosen a loving one. That's all that happened. They chose a thought. They chose an action. It doesn't mean that I did anything to cause or deserve or warrant this. Those were their choices. And I can be confident in the same way that I am about a troll online who, you know, tells me I'm ugly, that this is about them and not me. It's just way harder when we know them because it feels personal. It feels like it could be more true, but it's actually not. It actually isn't inherently any more true than a complete troll on the internet who tells me that I'm ugly for someone who knows you well for your parent who tells you that you are selfish that is no more doesn't have to be any more true or spot on or right than the sink troll telling you that you're ugly so the second way that I do courage is what are words that you've been told and what others see to be true so in this case I used this person's own words. I had a history of the number of times that they had told me I was such a great friend and the impact that I'd had on their life and how grateful they were for me. And so I chose to have confidence that those kind words they said were true and that these words that contradicted it were a lie that was spoken in pain. So the second faith thought for me is I am. In this case, I am – a wonderful friend, you know, I returned to who are all the people that had said that to me? It's not just this one person, but I've been told that multiple times throughout my life. So when you are lacking in confidence, list out your accomplishments, your receipts. you know what are what are you what are you proud of? What have you overcome? What compliments have you received? What strengths have been pointed out? How can you declare? The truth of what I am, even if you are not feeling, hearing, seeing, perceiving it in the moment, that the, the lack of confidence you are feeling, suddenly I'm not confident in this thing. But you can go back to, you know, the, the thought even of I am a good person. That's even more foundational. When this person said this to me, I searched my heart and I thought, do I, do I find defensiveness? Do I feel like, oh my gosh, no, they called me out? You know how like you get that in your spirit of like, oh, I, I do know this to be true. I, you know, like you, your spouse says something about like, you didn't do this. And you're like getting defensive, but you're like, they're kind of right. I could do that better. And instead, I was like, there is no defensiveness. Like, I, I, do I instead hear God whispering to me that I am kind and generous and loving and compassionate? I do. So that's the voice that I need to listen to. But it is the voice of, you know, you can call it the enemy or dark forces or negativity in the world that wants me to believe that I'm what one person who is clearly having something happening in their life to make them act this way is saying. So I share this example about friendship because Brooke talked about anxiety. And like anxiety, friendship is this huge thing. You know, there are these big areas in our lives that are not a peak where you move on and you say, oh, I used to be afraid of public speaking, but then I took this class in public speaking and now I have confidence in my public speaking. There's certain things that we kind of, it's a little, you tip over from one side to the other. I didn't used to be confident in this, but now I am. But there's other areas in life that are constantly evolving. It's always going to be with you. There are new shades of it that are going to come up. And I don't know that we can necessarily say, I will never feel a lack of confidence in this area. And it's very much not passive. It's not, you know, oh, I just have faith that everything will be all right. It, it's much more subtle and returning to, you know, because it would be easy. It, it, you wouldn't be asking about anxiety if you were like, you know what? I just kind of have faith everything's going to be okay. Brooke wouldn't be calling in and leaving the message. If I was just like, meh, ifs, like friendship is all going to be okay. If that was the the easy passive thought, I, I, this wouldn't have been my aha for the year. But it is much more subtle returning to, okay, I do believe this thing. I do believe that I am good, that God is good, that healing is possible, that I love people well, like whatever it is. It is the tiny little shift of today in this moment, I'm going back to what do I believe to be true? What do I know to be true? And it's not a... Pollyanna, fake force smile. Like, yep, I have faith. Like, it'll be fine. You know, it's no big deal. It's, no, this is a tough one. How, how can I be a few percentages more confident? What's one thought I'm having that I can shift? What's the one limiting belief? What's the one negative story that I am going to? What's something I do know to be true? I do believe that I can apply here? What's something I do have confidence in that I can draw from? And it wasn't just in friendship for me this year, it was big time simultaneously in business. So, instance or aha number three is uh, an apology podcast, or it's talked about in an apology podcast that I recorded back in July. If you recall that, if you haven't heard it, you might want to go back and listen. But In essence, I had to have confidence in my wisdom for my business over someone who on paper had more experience. So the scenario was that someone had been brought into my business that I trusted. I realized I could no longer trust them. And now I was taking this person who was more experienced, who had been a mentor, and I was having to step up in confidence and say, I actually don't believe that you know what is best for my business and that you are acting in in what's best for my business. I believe that that I know that. And it took a lot of confidence. And I went into the conversation remarkably calm and I hung up, rattled, because some really unkind, intense, fighting things were said to me. But I hung up, rattled, but remarkably calm. I called my girlfriend, Nicole. and was like, I'm really surprised by how calm I am. And she was like, girl, you are so calm. Like, this is such a win. And that is similar to the reaction that I had around the the words that were spoken by the friend, where I really notice, when do I show up in more confidence? I've noticed this a lot in my healing journey with anxiety, where I have moments of, whoa, I am so surprised by myself right now. I would normally be losing it. The last time something like this happened, I was a puddle on the floor. Like I can go back to a previous time when I did not react so well, when I did not react so calm, and I can notice, huh, this is growth. I've grown. And I can get that from outside people because my girlfriend, Nicole, has been around. She was able to be like, sister, a year ago, you would have been crying on the floor of your closet and how you're just like taking a walk around the neighborhood and your voice is really calm, and it's not shaking, like, can we celebrate the growth and confidence in that area? So lesson number one, again, came up in this, which is things are worse before you do them. Do them, and it gets easier. You know, we grow in confidence because of experience, because of taking action. So don't delay that confidence by delaying the action. But as I said, earlier, we we are more comfortable with our present discomfort. And so you know when you are being called to do something. You know when you should break up with that person. You know when you should let that person go. but You don't want to do it. And so you put it off, put it off, put it off. But when you do it, you double the win. First of all, you feel better. Horrible analogy, but it is like after throwing up, which I'm sorry, I'm going to tangent for a minute, guys. Yesterday, Jeremy was on the subway. And he said, all of a sudden, this woman just vomited everywhere. She didn't say anything. She just vomited everywhere over multiple people, multiple handbags. And then she just didn't say anything else. And they were going under a tunnel, which meant they had like another three minutes on this. And he was like, it was so disgusting. But I also was like, oh, my gosh, that I mean, like, I don't know whether to feel bad for her or also to be be like, okay, for the rest of time, whenever someone says, what's your most embarrassing moment, you've got it girl like you've got that answer. Number 2, this is just like a story for, you know, for days. It's a story for so many other people. Like I hope that she is able to laugh at it and be like that was the most horrific thing that happened to me and I hope that she doesn't beat herself up by being like what what can you do? You just get sick. But anyways, I have never heard someone tell that story on the subway and I've lived here for forever. So, anyways, back to my really beautiful lovely um happy analogy of it is like throwing up You don't want to do it. It is not a pleasant experience. So initially, your body uh, reacts against it, right? Your body is like, no, 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 don't do it. And it tries to stop you. And it's something we all, like your mom teaches you as a kid, you're going to feel better after you throw up. I know it's going to be horrible in the process of throwing up, but I promise you will feel better afterwards. And that is so true. Not only do you feel better after you take that action, but you additionally have more confidence the next time because now you have that experience and now you've built that muscle memory of, gosh, I'm so glad that I didn't delay. I have talked about this with uh, advice for fellow entrepreneurs of letting someone go when you realize you need to let them go. And every time I have to go back to, oh, but now seems like the wrong time and oh, it's going to be an awful conversation and I don't want to have to do it. And I I've got to like go outside myself and be like, girl, you have seen that it's going to be better once you do it and you've done it before. The first time I had to do it was. Way more terrifying than the 10th time that I had to do it. Number three, how to draw courage in these moments is to write a script. When I got on the call with um, that person in my business in um, over the summer, I wrote out a script of what I was going to say. Now, we were on video chat. I didn't like have it right up in front of me, but I had really written out and tried to be intentional with my words or journal about it, um, the The conversations that I had with those friends. I had, I had rehearsed them basically. I mean, not stood in front of the mirror, but I was prepared. I knew what I wanted to say. I knew how I wanted to come across in love, how I wanted to show grace, have have other conversations with people about it before it happens, if it's appropriate. I didn't with these friends. Actually, I, I did with Jeremy. But if you can have those conversations, you know, before you go in and talk to your boss about the raise, talk through it with people, gather evidence. So I, you also grow in confidence by doing your homework, by being prepared. And sometimes that's a specific instance. Like, you know you want to set yourself up well, that you get anxiety on travel days. So you are going to be prepared and do your homework to do all of these things that you know, like I've heard from some people, if they have travel anxiety, they're always afraid they're going to miss their flight. So they just start getting to the airport super early and they enjoy a nice meal and they go buy a new book in the bookshop and whatever. But that's a specific way to say, I'm going to do my homework and start to make better choices. But then other times it's more broadly. Like We talk about this a lot on the podcast. It is years of learning how to do something better. For me, anxiety, entrepreneurship, there's these things that are just... Years of saying, I'm going to build up a little bit more evidence that I can move forward in this, I can make better choices in this, I can heal in this, but it's teeny tiny little things. Lesson number two from above that came up again here as well is something can be true for them and not for you. So again, in this conversation, some unkind words were spoken to me and I believe that that is their experience. It's their thoughts about this circumstance that's happening in my business. It doesn't have to mean that it's my experience and it's my thoughts. And I think when we have a lack of confidence, you believe what everyone else says. Like, I don't know how to golf. I don't think I've ever held a golf club. So if you're a professional golfer, I would believe anything that you told me. If you're like, so here's how you hold it and here's what you want to do with your hips, be like, great. (laughs) But if I know my heart, and I, my, my heart in friendships and about my business and all of that, then maybe I shouldn't be believing everything everybody else tells me about it. It's like if I taught Tiger Woods about golf, he would really not believe me. He would not be very bothered by my pointing out things about him that aren't true, right? But when it's a close peer, when it's someone you love and respect and trust, that's when it gets really hard to trust yourself and we are more prone even when someone is being unkind and it seems like we shouldn't necessarily just be trusting them i find and i hear your feedback that it is so hard to trust what we know to be true over them so faith thought number 3 that has helped me is i have the wisdom underline on wisdom i have the wisdom in this case to lead my business so for me this was looking at red flags that have been coming up warning signs Like signs from the universe, like God tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Hey, notice this and notice this. Like, that's the faith part for me. I'm listening to my gut and my conscience. I'm noticing warning signs. I'm just that internal paying attention to, I do have wisdom in this. I do know what's right for me. I do see that certain things are aligning to say, Hey, get out of this relationship or, you know, Girl, I keep opening doors for you. Like this is the path that you're supposed to be on. So I can trust my wisdom in that area. I can trust that the universe or God is giving me that wisdom. And that became even more clear for me in these next couple of instances. So instance or aha number four is I realized after that situation, and I mentioned this again in that Apology podcast, that I have a weakness as a female entrepreneur as I unfortunately believe many of us do, around finances and technology. And let me say as an aside for a moment, if you are a fellow entrepreneur, in all capitals, this is why you need to join the Elegant Excellence Mastermind. Because ignoring our weaknesses means that our businesses will forever be unsafe. That eight years into business, trying to just abdicate and hire other experts and hope that these things would work out and hope that I could be strong enough in other areas, my realization that that was not going to be enough opened my eyes to if I am this and I, according to the data, am in the top 2% of female-owned businesses as far as my my revenue, then those the other 98% are surely struggling with the same thing. And like confidence, it is not a light switch that you just go from, didn't know it, now I know it. It's a lifestyle. I think you need to be in community working on this, getting resources, getting support. It is a major reason that I doubled down this year on hosting the Mastermind again, doubling the length to make it for a full year, pouring even more into it to support you, lowered the price so that we could welcome more people in. Because I saw these areas of weakness in myself and I know they exist for you too. And I know it's not going to be solved, healed, ameliorated, gotten past with a course, with a six-week class that you, you know, sit on your couch by yourself and take. And I really wanted, if I really wanted to help other entrepreneurs, that this was the way to do that. So lesson number three is there is a time to delegate to a professional And then there is a time to grow in your own understanding. And I don't mean just for those of us in business, but is it the time for you to hire, as an individual, a financial planner? You don't really understand the words that they're saying, but you did the first step, which is, I know that I don't know this, so I'm going to hire an expert. Or is it the time to start to understand is there a next level of confidence in my first step of confidence was gosh I'm really proud of myself I'm smart enough to hire help in my weak areas but is there a next level of confidence of and I didn't just say and then I never have to get any better at it so finances is you know 10 times as applicable for entrepreneurs but it just applies to all of us or is there any other area in your life where you are honestly abdicating too much of the power in your life to a professional, an expert. And at first it was wise to get help, but now there's another level of strength in not just accepting your current level of wisdom. Like you don't just keep going to therapy, so wise for you to get a therapist, but now you also are studying outside of therapy. You're not putting all your eggs in the basket of this one therapist that you see once an hour every other week. You also are saying I'm gonna have conversations, I'm gonna read books, I'm gonna to listen to podcasts, I'm gonna go you know, to a weekend retreat, whatever. You don't just use the personal trainer, so proud of you for holding yourself accountable when you knew that that was the only way you were gonna get your you know, butt to the gym in the morning, but you also start to pay attention and say, now I can start training myself. I don't need to have it be forever the story that I can't hold myself accountable in this way. I say this in the Elegant Excellence Mastermind, but I also just say it broadly, That you are the CEO of your life and inside the mastermind explicitly, like this is CEO mindset. This is not just I hired someone to do Facebook ads, that works for a season, but now do you also understand them? Because what happened in my business was areas in which I trusted an expert, but because of my lack of understanding, I wasn't able to see when what they were doing wasn't working and therefore it wasn't safe. For my business, it was so wise that I initially went out and and trusted in that way. But then I stalled my growth, and I needed to keep going. So, number four of how I draw courage in this is saying it and taking action. You know, I could have not shared with you guys this weakness I realized in myself as a leader this summer in my finances and and technology. It was very scary to admit something before I've mastered it. Most of the things that I share, I share from a place of, I worked through this for a while and now I'm coming to it. I am very intentional not to say, this huge thing happened yesterday and I'm already going to be here sharing it and trying to teach from it. But that would have kept me off the hook because then I wouldn't have kind of held my hand to the fire and said, I said that I've got, like, that's how determined I was. It was proof to myself that I was so fork and determined to change it that I was willing to say publicly that it was a weakness and I wanted to grow in it. And I absolutely do not know everything six months later, but I've started to ask more questions, to listen more actively, to set up some new meetings. You know, I can't do everything at once. I have so much more to learn, but I just noticed within myself that my posture is different. The, the mental and energetic posture that I'm bringing to certain meetings and areas of my business. So faith thought number four for me is I was called. Emphasis on called. I was called to this, which means I'll be equipped for it. For me, and this, I, I can't say whether or not this is true for you, but for me, I am very clear this wasn't my idea. Building a massive business that is revolutionizing women's lives when it comes to how they see their their beauty and their confidence, that wasn't my idea. I just wanted to stop catering. I just wanted to do something on the side so that I could replace the, the miserable temp job that I had. That was my idea. This whole massive impact and 12 employees and multi-million dollar revenue and calling to set a million women free in their beauty, that was not my idea. So for me, I personally believe that it was God's and that if it was God's idea, then he's got a plan for it. I don't have a business plan for that, but I believe that he does. And he has provided me with those experts that I was so grateful to have. But now I need to double down on learning from them, not just utilizing them. And I can do this, because I was called to it. You can parent your children well or do marriage well or grow in the wisdom and ability to excel in your company or your career. So for me, really, my lack of confidence this year was realizing that my lack of confidence in myself was actually a lack of confidence in God. That if I was confident in Him, then I could be confident that He. Would acquit me that he knows the answers, has the people, will provide the resources that I need. And again, I would encourage you to ponder what that belief is for you if it's slightly different than mine. If you don't believe in a God, do you believe in a destiny, purpose, calling, or any other higher power that you can look to and think, maybe it's not all about me in a really refreshing way, not in a, you know. I'm making my life all about me, but in a maybe I can grow in confidence in myself by growing in confidence in what's outside of myself that created me and called me and supports me. I just heard this morning in a podcast I was listening to um that anytime in the Bible the phrase is used and I will be with you it always comes before or after God has called someone to an impossible assignment. And again, if you don't believe the Bible, you can take that as an ancient quote, and you can search your heart for how you do or don't believe that that's true for you. But that phrase, and I will be with you, comes right before or after an impossible assignment. Running a multi-million dollar business and feeling I'm called to set a million women free in their beauty through my writing, teaching, and speaking And being responsible for a dozen employees who are providing for their mortgages and their children every month, that feels like an impossible assignment. (laughs) When I am on hours of back-to-back calls about email server issues that are so technical, I don't even understand half the words that we're saying. And my last job involved tap shoes and a polka dot dress and a wig. Like, holy heck, that feels like an impossible assignment. Healing your anxiety might feel impossible. Surviving the death of someone close to you or a betrayal of someone you trusted or raising a special needs child or raising a traditional needs child or becoming debt-free or showing love to a very hard-to-love family member. like I don't know what impossible assignment is in front of you. But in 2019, I've realized that when I'm terrified by it, It's because I'm looking to my own strength and ability and yet I personally do feel called and therefore I do believe the one who called me is with me and will equip me and wouldn't call me to something that I wasn't going to be equipped for and therefore even though I don't know the path forward, he does. And finally, instance or aha number five is I was seeking wisdom on something else In business this fall. And there was, to me, just a wild story where I ended up with two meetings that came out of one night in which I went into not seeking either one. Like I had been seeking wisdom, I had been praying for help. But I thought it was going to look like X. You know, I was saying to Jeremy and other people, what I really need is this. I was looking for it in another place or to look another way. I thought, this is where I'm going to get my answer. This is where I'm going to get my clarity. But instead, in about 30 minutes, in one night, I had two CEOs offer back to back to meet with me. Completely separate conversations. One didn't know about the other. Without my asking either. I didn't say to either, would you be willing to sit down with me? And this, the first CEO that I met with, he didn't know me at all. He didn't know what I needed to hear. We had never spoken before. We actually sat down for this this meeting, and I left that meeting physically shaking. Like my hands were trembling. I he sat down with Jeremy and I for two and a half hours. I felt so clear that God had told him to share things that I needed to hear, and I felt terrified because what he was calling me to was to be much bolder. And I walked from that two and a half hour meeting right into a conference where every message that was shared over the next day and a half was, you will never feel ready, but God is ready. You will never feel able, but God is able. Have more confidence, not in yourself, but in him. Now, I will say other people sitting at that conference probably got a different message out of it. And I think that that's amazing. But for me, it felt like every person who got to speak, I was like, oh my gosh, here we are again. I am getting the message. (laughs) Like I am not confident enough. And what I realized was that I had been relying for years in my business on people more than God. People that God gave me. He gave me this wisdom and community and support and like all good things. But then in that 10% corner of my heart, I was putting my faith in them, which meant that when they left, when the season ended, you know, instead of going, all right, God, well, who do you have for me next? I panicked and I grasped and I felt just as terrified as before, even though I had seen that there was provision. So lesson number four is listen to those signs from the universe Ask for help and it will be given. Like, what is what I believe? What do you need? Are you asking for it? You know, I said aloud for weeks to people in my life. I need wisdom. I need to sit down with an expert. And then they showed up. I said aloud heading into these meetings, I need clarity. I need to know the path. And the answers were so clear that I couldn't ignore them, even if they terrified me. So the fifth way to draw courage is believe that there are wise people around you who have answers and insight and feedback. And I want you to hear me say, I didn't know those people were there. Because right now, you may be thinking, but I don't have those people. I I don't know these CEOs in my life, if you're a business person or whoever it is that you need. I I didn't know that those people were there. They were not on my radar. I did not text them. I didn't reach out to them. Like, but i i asked for them i sought them i prayed for them like i was you know my eyes were open my heart was open my ears were open the people around me their eyes and ears were open like i was telling the universe that this was what i wanted and it may not happen overnight but i do believe there are people that can help us and give us the confidence that we need and a major thing that i have done in this area is i made a list of all the provision I have received. So if you are feeling like there is there is no one that you have to turn to for wisdom in your business, write down a list of anyone that you have met that gave you wisdom in your business. Did you hear it on a podcast? Did you hear it at a conference? Did you overhear somebody sitting next to you at a cafe? Was there a takeaway in a movie? Did you have a conversation at a cocktail party? Did you have an employee come into your business? Did you have a coach come into your business? Where you offered an incredible opportunity like the Elegant Excellence Mastermind, and you're like, "God, just why are you not helping me out? Why are you not giving me people?" And he's like, "It's in big red flashing lights in front of you. It says Elegant Excellence Mastermind," and you're like, "Why am I so alone?" And he's like, "I don't know what else to do. I'm giving you the people." So where have you received that provision when you say, "I, I just I don't have friends in my life"? That may be true now, but has it? always been true? Have you had friends? Go all the way back to when you were a little kid. When are the times that you have had people in your life? When are the times that you have, you know, had romance in your life and known that you could be found beautiful or captivating or whatever it was if you're like, I just don't have that, that partner in my life? Make a list of all the provision that you've received in that area. Actually, also, you could make a list of all the provision you've seen other people receive that's a, a a tip i've given before as well specifically when it comes to singleness list out every great relationship you know of as proof that this happens every person that you're like you know what they they wanted the same thing i did they didn't settle in this way they fell into the same category they were this same age or you know whatever it was if you're a single mom here's all the other single moms that i know of that provision has happened for. They can be famous, they can be someone you read an article about, they can be, you know, someone that you actually know. And number 6, draw courage by making a list of everything that I have and and am to be proud of. Like people are such a blessing. There are so many times when my business and my life has been blessed by other people. But they aren't enough. The the strength is within us. So how can we make a list of everything that truly is, like everything I do have, the ability I have, the DNA, the strengths that I have, everything that I am, what are the characters about, characteristics about me, the qualities about me, as much as we want to appreciate those people around us and and believe that we will be given that support. Because I think more than anything, that's what we want. No matter what angle you're listening from today in terms of what's happening in your life. We want those people and that love and that support. But I also have found that ultimately God and then me and then everyone else, like the strength is coming for me from God or the universe into me and then these other people are amplifying it. But if I put all my eggs in their basket, I am going to be disappointed because the 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 friend is going to end. The you know, the the relationship might fall apart, the, the therapist might move, the employee might quit. I mean, whatever it is that we are putting our thoughts in, you know, and, and we know this when we think about, for example, romantic relationships and that idea of we need to come in as a whole person and someone else can't save us. But are we actually therefore looking at ourselves with, so this is the strength that I do have within me. So the final faith thought number five for me is I have experience. Underline it is experience. I have experience in or for this. So maybe you haven't gone through this, whatever you realize you are lacking in some confidence in, but what have you gone through? You know, uh, a miscarriage or someone on your team quitting in a critical moment. I don't know what you're walking through that you need more courage in to believe that you can overcome this, to believe that you can You know, shine in spite of this. And it doesn't have to be dire. You can want more confidence in how you're showing up at work or going out on dates or, you know, what you want out of friendships. But whether you see that as God having given you these experiences and that DNA and those traits, or that's just factual for you, it's your hard work, your history. The truth is, you have succeeded, grown, healed, handled things well. You have experience for this that I would wager you are not listing out, journaling, celebrating, declaring every day to remind yourself just how much confidence you naturally have when you look back and truly see everything that you have been through, everything that again is either inside of you or is going to be supported and supplemented by God or the universe that is outside of you, but therefore All of that exists, and if you need those external resources, then God or the universe will provide those, but they are going to come and go. They are going to be things that just add to, but don't ever truly save you any more than you can or what is outside of you. So in what area of your life are you called to be more confident in 2020? In friendship, parenting, leadership, your career? entrepreneurship, healing anxiety, I want to recap what I shared as far as the lessons, how we can draw courage, and the questions we can ask to lean into our faith. So think of that area that you want to have more confidence in. And here were my four lessons. Number one was action. Have confidence not to sit in something bad when it's already bad. Go ahead and take that action to get to the other side of it. Know that things are worse before you do them. Do them and it gets easier. Action will give you confidence. Number two, independence. Separate the disappointment and pain in their behavior from the truth of their words or actions. Know that something can be true for someone else and not for you. Have that independence that there is always going to be a naysayer, whether it is someone near or far to you. There is always going to be competition that you see outside of yourself. But that confidence comes from that independence that you can't be that shaken by everyone around you. Number three is growing. That there is a time to delegate to a professional and there's a time to grow in your understanding. There is wisdom in first getting help and then there is weakness from not continuing to grow. Again, we're not talking about having zero confidence as all is human. We're talking about how can I get 10% more confident in this area? One One of those ways may be, Is there something that I need to keep growing and that I've kind of told myself, well, I'm just not good at that. That's just not my strength. And actually, that is the 10% that is going to propel me forward. And number four, trust and rest. Listen to the signs from the universe. I know that that sounds so woo-woo, but I truly do believe, like, ask for help and it will be given. You know, when I look at these three, these four lessons, the first three feel kind of strong to me. like action independence and growing. And that may be really inspiring to you, but I know to me a lot of the times that feels really exhausting. I'm like, I am so strong all the time. I don't want the answer to just have to be that I have to be stronger. So I love the balance that, yes, there is that ownership and accountability and forward momentum, but there also is an element of trusting and, and resting. And that is where that faith component comes for me and where I'm able to kind of get that extra reserve of confidence that isn't just about me muscling and hustling and fighting my way forward. And then I would encourage you to draw courage in these six ways. So these are six specific things that you can do to grow in confidence in these areas. Number one is draw courage from how you would act in another area of your life. Where else are you more confident and how can you observe how you show up and then bring it into this area. Number two, what are the words you've been told? That What are things that others see to be true? Where can you go back to compliments you've received? There's a whole page in the Elegant Excellence Journal on compliments that you received this year. Because I think we actually have way more words of life and words of affirmation spoken into us than we remember. We remember the couple of criticisms. We remember the person who said it half-heartedly and then we wondered if they really meant it. Rather than remembering the 90% of everything that God or the universe has been like, I'm shouting these things at you through all these people around you. Number three, write a script, journal about it, have conversations, gather evidence, do your homework to be more confident. Number four is say it and start. Do, actually take action. The doing is, gives you the experience that will grow your confidence. Number five, there are wise people around you who have answers and insights and feedback while we want to be independent and not let other people's negative stories and ideas define us we don't have to be alone i do believe that god and the universe gives us one another and gives us other people so lean into that and let those people increase your confidence that you aren't alone because you you've built up people around you and number 6 make a list of everything i have and am to be proud of go back into how much confidence you should have because of everything that you have done in your life that we just forget. And there's a lot of that as well inside the Elegant Excellence Journal in terms of going back just over the last year. But if you are really trying to be confident in an area, like, friend, I'm talking go back you know, 10 years, go back decades, however much time you have to get yourself up to why you should have courage at 65 that it's not too late to be an entrepreneur. Because what did you do between 15 and 65? I'm sure you did a lot of things that would give you confidence that, you you are good at doing things for the first time. You didn't know how to be a mom and you knocked that out of the park. So you'll probably figure out being an entrepreneur. So ultimately, drawing courage in those ways, for me, comes from our, our history. How would you act in other ways? Everything you have to become proud of. Others, what have others told you? What are the resources of others that you can lean on? And action. I'm gonna do my homework and I'm going to gather up experience. So it's a combination of, you know, the, the motion of kind of the outward motion of action. If you like think of pushing your hands out, the drawing into you, if you bring your hands towards you of others pouring into you, and then you put your hands down towards the ground. It is uh, and up towards the sky. It is my history. This is part of my story. Where is everything I have been that shows me every place that I can go to? And finally, lean into your faith. So here are five, thoughts that have really been powerful to me. And I want you to focus on just the the core word from each of them. Number one is, I am worthy. Fill in the blank. Do you believe that you are worthy of whatever it is that you are saying that you want and wanting to grow in confidence in? Number two, I am. You know, The first was, I am worthy of, let's say, wonderful friends. This is, I am a wonderful friend or a good person. Do I ultimately in my core have confidence if I really slow down that this is the character of who I am? Number three, I have the wisdom. I have the wisdom to lead my business or whatever it is for you. Yeah, that is the, can, can be gut wisdom. That can be wisdom up in your head. But you do have that wisdom. Number four, I was called and therefore I will be equipped. I was called. Do you believe that there is a destiny and therefore the the universe is supporting you in this? And number five, I have experience in or for this. We go back to our history and we look at everything that actually has given us experience. So I think if we're lacking in confidence, it's because we don't believe one or more of those things to be true, of God, of the universe, of ourselves. Find the faith that works for you. But It's part action and history and others, but it is also very powerfully our thoughts. And that's what those five are to me. They are keys to, is it my thought that is getting in the way that I am not thinking I actually am worthy of this, that I am not thinking uh, I actually am fill in the blank. So I truly pray that this helps you become more confident yourself in the areas that you need in the new year. If you believe this would bless someone else, please leave a review on this podcast. That is how we spread the word. Share this episode with your friends or a group that you're in. And I would love to hear from you on Instagram if you'll comment below my latest post with the area that you are inspired to grow in confidence in in 2020. I really believe that you're sharing your area will help someone else read that and realize oh that's what mine is i didn't realize that that that's what it is or i was afraid to say it but i saw somebody else say it and so i realized okay i'm not alone in that so you can swipe up to the description here to review those takeaways that we discussed today i know i gave you a lot of um of actions and ideas to take away from it but i want you to be able to review those this holiday season fold them into your vision inside the Elegant Excellence Journal, uh, which you can get at elegantexcellencejournal.com today, and she'll be shipped to you right away if you don't have yours yet. And thank you so much to Brooke for leaving today's voicemail that inspired this conversation. You can swipe up to do the same, and here's to many more. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately. Okay, actually, three little somethings I'm loving lately. First off, guys, I've already told you about Queer Eye. It's just like the most joyful, delightful show out there. What I just discovered is that just when I thought it couldn't get any better, they took Queer Eye to Japan. And now not only is there like racial reconciliation and religious reconciliation, now we've got like like cross-cultural pollination. And I mean, I probably cried five times in the first episode. So if you have not watched that, I highly recommend it. Number two, Jeremy and I are doing a Harry Potter marathon. As I have mentioned, he hasn't seen it. And I just want to throw that out there because while they're not holiday movies, there is a Christmas theme at each one. They're very dark, so not necessarily like happy films. But my family, actually, my parents and I, the first Christmas we had without my sister because she got married and she was with her in-laws – We did a Harry Potter marathon and if you haven't done one in a while, they are really great to just watch back to back because you remember all the details and all the nuance and you see everybody grow up really fast. And finally, I mentioned this to my assistant and she was like, that is so good. You've got to tell people about it on the podcast. So one of the things that I'm doing this Christmas, as we talked about in the episode on how to save money for the holidays, guys. I mean, I'm just winning at Christmas. The number of presents that I bought using gift cards and uh, store credits and things like that. And I just intentionally was like, okay, this is where I'm going to buy the kids gifts from or whatever it is like, oh, somebody in my family wants this. Let me go to this website and see if they have it rather than you know find it on Amazon because I've got a credit over here. So I was able to save so much money and really take my own advice. And then, another bonus thing I'm doing. This isn't the the main gift that I'm giving people, but I have books that I love that there's people in my family that I think would genuinely love that book, and I'm just wrapping up that book and giving it to them because I my family is huge into used books. My dad is like obsessed with used bookstores. I love order used books myself all the time. So, I would not have any problem gifting someone else a used book that I ordered off of Amazon instead of the um the original. So, I have all these great books on my shelf and I know that I love them, which is why I held on to them. And so now I can pass them along and give them a new home. So I hope that that blesses somebody in being like, you know what? I actually could gift all of my girlfriends um, books that I've loved, whether they are on my shelf or whether I go and get them at a used bookstore because a book is just as good when it has a well-worn cover. So I hope that inspires some of your holiday shopping and holiday joy. Oh, goodness, that's not all. Tell him one more thing, Hillary. PPS, if you are an entrepreneur, the Elegant Excellence Mastermind is for you. If I can be eight years into a highly quote-unquote successful business and realize I have a whole next level of confidence that I need to level up to, I believe the same is true for you wherever you are at in business, and that is a shared journey we can all go on together. There's only a few days left to apply, so swipe up and watch the video telling you what it's all about. I would be so honored to be on your business team for 2020 and help you grow. I'll see you inside with Grace and Gumption. Till next Wednesday.